0: Hello, spooky friends. This is John from Dairyland Frights, and today we have a special treat. We have Courtney Sharp from the Haunts Paranormal Podcast, and she will be talking about the Anne House, a very spooky tale. So she'll be driving the episode. I'm really excited that you guys get to hear this. It's a very spooky episode.
1: All right. So today we're here with John from Dairyland Frights podcast. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited um, just to have more people on the show. And yeah. and like I said to the listeners at home, I, we've, we've been talking a lot before this. Um, you guys just remind me so much of Chiluminati podcast, which is like <laughs> my favorite, like one of my favorite podcasts of all time. So I just really commend your energy and how much fun you guys have together. Yeah. Um, so do you want to tell the listeners, just for their reference, where we can find you online and a little bit about yourself? Yeah.
0: So we're Dairyland Frights, um, and we are a podcast that covers everything creepy, mysterious, and spooky in the Midwest. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter at dairylandfrights.com, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Um, also, we're on Podbean. Uh, so we're at Dairyland Frights, podbean.com. And a little bit about myself I love the paranormal. Uh, I've loved it since I've been a little kid. It's been really fun for me to talk to other people, especially you, Courtney. <laughs> and we just, oh, Courtney and I, you. by the way, before we get on this, we shared a little a couple of funny stories and everything to kind of get to know mm-hmm. each other. Uh, but. You know, one of the things I always say in the Midwest, um, there's a ton of stories. I mean, a lot of people forget yeah. that. We And by the way, not that this is a serial killer podcast, but who knows? Maybe down the line.
1: <laughs> you never know. I mean, hey, I love
0: true crime. <laughs> we have two of the heavy hitters,
1: Gein and Dahmer. <laughs> uh, Dahmer? scares the crap out of me just as like a side note <laughs> funny stories that I've done to myself. So right after that Netflix documentary came out, um, I watched like the first few episodes and obviously I know his story well enough. Yeah. And to be honest, like the show kind of freaked me out. Mm. Just cause if there's anything that's going to freak me out, it's going to be <laughs> real life people. Yes. Um, not the dead. So I stopped watching it and a couple weeks later I was like, I want to get a new pair of glasses, order a new pair of glasses. I get them sent to Georgia. And it's like literally the week of my wedding. I get them sent to my like <laughs> husband's parents' house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they show up in a box because it's like a little bit more reliable. Sure. They live in a more urban area than I do. Mm-hmm. And so I get them out of the box and I put them on. I show my husband, I'm like, What do you think? And he's like, You look like Jeffrey Dahmer. And I was like, <laughs> oh no I got aviator glasses (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and he's like he's like oh did you not do that on purpose I'm like why would I do that on purpose they were on sale and it was that's obviously why they were on sale no one was buying them but I wanted a pair of all metal frame glasses and I was like those are really cool Courtney you
0: should have read where it says Dahmer like glasses on
1: sale (laughs) yeah I know I know and then I like we're having, like, all of our, like, obviously it's our wedding, so a lot of, like, our really close friends are coming sure. in. We have friends from out here in Montana flying in, so we yeah. pick one of them up from the airport. He watches it or, like, listens to a lot of true crime as well. And I'm like, hey, and he's like, those glasses are not good. That's, like, the first thing he says to me, wedding weekend. And I'm like, thanks, friend. And then my maid of honor is also, like, you look like Jeffrey Dahmer, man. <laughs> so now I'm, I mean, I have to wear them if I'm not wearing contacts because yeah. I need sure. to see. But, yeah,
0: uh, so by the way, side note, side note, Courtney, for you and your husband, if you're ever in the Midwest, obviously say hi. Uh, but in sure. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I'm not kidding, this is totally serious, folks, there is a Jeffrey Dahmer tour where they will take Ooh. you to the bar where he uh, got his first victim. They will take you to the area. by the way, <clears throat> excuse me. They destroyed his apartments. Those apartments have been yeah. leveled, But they will take you is Isn't
1: there like a memorial there now?
0: Um, yeah, kind of. Um, there's like there a like little... The statue. Pla- yeah, there's a little bit of a plaque and yeah. stuff. Also, they would take you past the chocolate factory. So the next time you eat chocolate, just remember Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> probably packaged that.
1: <laughs> no. It is so gross, too, just knowing, like what he ate <laughs> it, it's anyways it's terrible not to take this to a place it, it, it's
0: terrible um like i said um th- the funny thing just really quick before we get to our topic today um is bachelorette parties love taking the jeffrey Dahmer tour i, I have no it. idea why you explain to me Cartney. i believe it
1: because well <laughs> true crime podcast and just I have another, like, a male friend who doesn't understand or didn't at the time understand why women like murder podcast, And I'm sure, like, this is, like, there are other reasons, too. But at least from my general understanding is young women are the typical target of a serial killer. Mm. Therefore, we listen for, like, the signs and, like, how to protect ourselves. Oh, sure. But also, I mean, I would have if I went to if I went there for my bachelorette weekend, we would have 100 percent done that tour just because it's interesting (laughs) not because i'm like a fan of that guy because he creeps me out like no other but like him like jeffrey dahmer in specific like really
0: yeah
1: not that like i have like a favorite but he's the one that like scares me the most out of all of them Uh, but i would still take the tour just because (laughs) i i would be interested like for my 21st birthday i was in england and we did the um oh nice Jack the Ripper tour oh, and we went sure. to all of the locations, sure, sure, sure. so, and that's ha- the first like I had ever heard, not I mean, I've heard of him before, but yeah. like that was like the first time I heard the full story of Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. um, my dad thought it was like a ghost tour because it was branded oh, yeah. as um right, right, right. haunted London, and sure. then it was like colon, the um the Jack the Ripper experience. <laughs> So we're going through it and he's like what about the ghost and I'm like dad be quiet this is so interesting <laughs> dad shut up we're just trying to do this dad
0: <laughs> you're
1: ruining the yeah, like, yeah, I mean it's right. he was just upset because he like knows that I love ghosts more than I would love like a serial killer kind of situation not that I I mean I listen to true crime all the time but yeah, yeah, he was just trying to make it, like, a fun experience for my birthday. Yeah. And I'm like, no, this is everything and then some. And he's just like, I want to hear about the ghosts. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and Ed yeah. Gein's house, which burned down, is two hours away from me, which I plan oh, to wow. do a on-site um, investigation, because they say when you go yeah. to his <clears throat> former home, you just feel dread, you feel just like nauseous Mm -hmm. it's just it's terrible so yeah anyway
1: i mean he's another one with just like the different memorabilia that he made yes i'm sure the energy there is not is not good for sure yeah if you guys if you end up going let me know because i'd love to hear more about it um but i guess we should Kind of hop into this yeah um, and I'm then excited. finally just for like the listeners at home, I will have all of um, John's stuff linked in the show notes. I meant to mention that earlier. that way if you're like, you know you finished listening to this, you want to go check out his show. I'm about to be on that as well. so if you guys or by the time this episode comes out, I think they would have already gone live. So if you guys are interested in listening to the story he tells me, for sure go check him out. everything will be linked below but without further ado. I have a ghost story to tell you guys. <laughs> I have my like notebook. So my apologies if you guys hear pages rustling. Hey, so, Courtney,
0: is that bound in skin and human blood and written in human oh, blood? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I see um, the
1: skin, but this is, is actually Edwin's notebook. <laughs> you
0: got it. That's awesome. For sure. Yeah. Okay, good. So, I just wanted to make sure. It's, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, oh, yeah, for sure. It's, um, it actually says creative thoughts, brilliant ideas, and inspiring dreams. Um, oh, nice. I bought it because it was the only black notebook available at Barnes & Noble. Um, Everything else was, like, pink and floral, which is obviously not my forte, so... <laughs> <laughs> but this is, yeah, like, my... Where I write, like, my ghost stories, nice. if that makes sense. All right. So, I have... I've been like really, really excited to like surprise you with these stories. So for some context for everybody listening at home, we connected probably about a week ago trying to figure out how we wanted to do this. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be fun instead of, you know, telling our personal experiences, which of course we can do in the future. We thought it would be fun to kind of surprise each other with a topic. Mm. And I went the route of hopefully you've never heard this before because I hadn't. I've heard of this location in terms of like the town, but I didn't. I've never heard this story before, and it's a town that's super close to me. So, um, if you guys have listened to our recent like paranormal project, I'm not sure if you've heard of that, but it's it's a live series that I do with a few of my podcasting friends, right. and we recently talked about Virginia City, Nevada, which I'm sure you've heard of. It's yes. like one of the most haunted <laughs> ghost towns, like in the mid ish West. Yes. but a lot of people don't know about the like smaller equally spooky cousin that is virginia city montana oh. it was actually named after virginia city nevada or maybe it was the other way around one of them was named after each other yeah um but it's i don't want to say equally as haunted because it's so much smaller but there are a lot of ghosts there i actually went there i want to say it was like three or four days ago hmm. um Kind of did a little investigation. Nice. You guys can check that out on Instagram. But I bought a book. And it's titled Spirit Tailings. And then it says ghost tales from Virginia City, Butte, and Helena, which are all very old, very haunted towns in southwest and western Montana, which is kind of where I'm based. I'm not quite there. It's about this town is about two hours away from where I live. Yeah. So I came across this story while reading it, and I thought it would be the perfect story to share with you guys today, because it is... Love it. I'm not going to lie, it's a little graphic, but we've already got... We've talked about serial killers, so it's fine. Okay. (laughs) Um, So first, a little bit of history, even though I know that this is kind of like the boring... Yeah, we got to get to the boring stuff before we get to the good stuff, right, Courtney? (sighs) I know. It's just... It's contact... Context is everything. Also, I look like a ghost on the screen, but... So, are you a ghost? Am let's I talk talking a to bit a ghost? About, <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> possibly. Sweet. Possibly there are ghosts around. Sweet. In my house. Nice. So, so if you see anything going on in the background let me know cuz they um have the tendency of doing that. But cool. So Virginia City, Montana was an old mining township that was settled in the 1860s during the Montana gold rush. There are a lot of like Mining townships here in Montana, like I mentioned, Butte, that town is so, so haunted. Mm. But it's also a mining township that is now like a regular town and they do ghost tours all the time. But like it just goes to show that this area is just like Mm. full of ghosts. And I think Mm -hmm. it's because of all of the um, different minerals that lie underneath. Mm -hmm. So at its peak, Virginia City, Montana had roughly 10,000 people flooding to the area. And by 1864, it was the largest mining territory in the state. So, obviously, with the boom in population, it kind of became a breeding ground for crime Mm. and anarchy, Mm -hmm. just like every western town was. Like, at the time, this wasn't a state. So, it was just like a little, (laughs) I don't want to say like a camp, but it was essentially like a hamlet. Right. That was just like in the middle of the mountains. In Montana, right. and a lot of like negativity happened there. Um, the most notorious of the outlaws that are actually haunting this town is the Kentucky cannibal Boone Helm, Ooh, which I don't know if you've heard of him. A little bit. But, so, okay, just as like a deep dive, not a deep dive, but like a quick segue yeah. out of this, just because this guy's crazy. He was born in Kentucky, um, and I... The way that I like to explain him to people who don't really know much about him mm-hmm. is he maxed out his luck points in the pregame lobby. <laughs> right? So he's like, like the in, like the luckiest son of a bitch that I've ever met. That's awesome. Or not met, but like heard of. Heard of. There you go. And he but he's so like evil and incredibly dumb. Like I don't I don't know how he survived, but he essentially worked his way from Kentucky to Montana. In the wilderness and survived off of murdering and eating people, which is super gross. But he is actually was hanged in Virginia City and buried um, at the top of Boot Hill Cemetery, which is just outside of town. Hmm. And that. Sorry for all the page noises. At the top of the hill that he is buried at is exactly where our story begins. It's still there to this day. And this place is obviously incredibly haunted. I don't think that his. Like bones are still there, but his like grave marker is. So, so Courtney, um, I just really—I couldn't question, tell there was
0: really quick question, not to mm-hmm. take away your flow here, but if you think oh, you're fine. Jeffrey Dahmer did a twenty-three and Me, him and the Kentucky Cannibal would like maybe have some shared characteristics. I don't. Know. I wonder.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, obviously Dahmer was like way after him, right. but like yeah. he is definitely the Jeffrey Dahmer of like. That time period. Mm. Okay, I'm like freezing. Gotcha, cool. Did my audio freeze for you?
0: Uh, no, you're still good.
1: Is the camera okay? Uh,
0: you freeze in the camera. Uh, your camera. Maybe freezed. it'll come back. Yeah, your audio. I don't want to like
1: pause this or anything. Okay, are you cool if we just keep going yes. and hopefully it'll catch up? Yes, totally it's a very cool. becoming picture of me. Yes. But- <laughs> You really look thoughtful. So, yeah, I'm like in the middle of. I wonder why that happened. I'm so upset. This happened the other day mm. where my I was doing another, like you know yeah sure collaboration and it froze and I literally had to like end the call, leave the chat, close the browser, and come back and that's the uh, only thing that fixed it. Okay. So I'm wondering if my internet connection here is not great. So I do apologize, but that's fine. Anyways. Sitting just outside of Boot Hill Cemetery, there's a rather unsuspecting neighborhood. It's like a dozen or so houses that are sitting along this dirt road mm. that lead from the town of Virginia City up about, like, I'd say, maybe a quarter mile, less than a mile stretch of dirt road up to this cemetery.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and there is a house. It's on this street called Cover Street. Um, and there's like this very small house you probably wouldn't even like if you looked at it you would just say like oh it's an ordinary home Mm -hmm. um but there are two specific events in its past that i'd like to share with you that have led to kind of a creepy vibe and kind of situation there if that makes sense so the first brings us to the winter of 1865 i don't know if you've ever been out this way but Winter in Montana is very unforgiving, Ooh, um, especially in the 1860s. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, there's no snow blowers, there's no snow plows. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, and it, <laughs> I I found out the other day that Virginia City, as just like a an area, has like a microclimate where it's like very cold in comparison to the rest of the state, mm-hmm. which I can't imagine because like even where I live, way like not way far away, but like you know two hours away. Yeah it it's still freezing mm. here in the wintertime and this happened um you know in the dead of winter so it was only about like a month after anna and martin lyons who are kind of main characters for this first event moved into the house on cover street with their two sons robert and george um i want to say that one of them was like 21 and the other was 12 and they they came in on a covered wagon in like july of that year and then by january they were already living there and oops sorry they were living in the house and kind of getting a feel for things mm. and martin her husband was a very successful business owner in virginia city he owned a tailor shop so he was the guy to go to to buy clothes sure. get your clothes altered get them like fixed if you like you know tore them working um because obviously that time period was very much like <laughs> kind of I hate to say blue-collar work, but you know what I mean. You're working with your huh. hands. So, like, he was busy, and he was profitable. Night. Um, And one day in about mid-January of that year, so very beginning of the year, he is walking home on a very cold and snowy night right after work. And I will say that his tailor shop is not, or at least from what I saw, it's not very far from where he lived. So, obviously, he didn't feel the need to bring a horse or anything. He would just walk the, like... <laughs> You know, few blocks and then some change up the hill to his house. Right. But on his way home on this particular evening, it's snowing. Visibility is low in mid-January, obviously, just due to the solstice being like, you know, less than a month ago. Mm. So he was actually targeted and attacked and killed on his way home. And then his attackers stole all of his profits that day. So he had them in his pockets and they just like, you know. Attacked him and took the money and went on their merry way. Oh, no. So his poor wife is obviously distraught because it's, Mm -hmm. you know, getting later, getting later. It's already dark out. The weather's not getting any better and her husband hasn't come home. And at this point, she's like, okay, something has happened and I need to go find him before I can't get to him. Mm. But unfortunately, her initial kind of search for him due to the snowfall was unsuccessful because by the time that she decided she needed to go out and look for him the the minor snowfall that he had been walking home in yeah had turned into a raging blizzard oh of course and yeah so it's like f- several feet on the ground at this point oh. she visibility again is super low she oh, doesn't have a means man. of finding him on her own yeah and she's got two kids at home to take care of so yeah. she's forced to like right. just kind of abandon him sadly oh no um, so yeah, I know and it's like can you imagine just cuz obviously it's you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place cuz you've right. got your kids. Mm-hmm. The weather is making it nearly impossible to see less than a foot in front of your face. Yes. And you know that your husband is somewhere on this road but you can't find him.
0: Oh, that's the worst. And
1: obviously, she she knew I think by the time that she returned home that yeah. it wasn't boating well. Right. For Martin. Yeah. So Couple days pass, the storm finally dissipates, and she's able to get a search party together. And within like the first hour of this search, they find his body just outside of town on Cover Street. Um oh, he, this is this is so graphic and I, I do apologize, like I said, but we've already talked about every serial killer under the sun at this point. Yeah. So his head was kind of I don't want to say it was like completely gone, but, like, they could tell the cause of death was someone, like, blunt force trauma to the head. Oh, yeah? Um, Oh, boy. Yeah, and they, she knew with his, like, pockets being empty that someone had stolen from him. The killers are still at large. So, you know, that's, that just added insult to injury at that point. And then she's even further upset because her husband is buried at the top of Boot Hill, which we mentioned earlier. Uh Uh-huh. Now, From what I can tell at the time, there were like two cemeteries. And Boot Hill, which is like just a stone's throw away from her house, was where all of the like outlaws were buried.
0: The dregs of she, (laughs)
1: Yeah. So she's like, why are you like, he was an honest man. Like she was Uh very upset that he was buried there. And for good reason, because beyond the outlaws being there, this at that time, this cemetery also had... A haunted reputation. So of course it is. Let's talk about that. If you don't mind. We're gonna take a quick segue. I promise we'll get to the rest of the story. But just for some context of what you might see at the top of Boot Hill include shadow figures, mm. like spectral orbs and unexplainable lights. Um this wasn't obviously wasn't at the time, but there's a merch stand to like buy like like <laughs> a gift shop essentially. <laughs> That's like at the bottom of Boot Hill. I know. I That's I went in there the other day. Hilarious. And I was like I didn't realize like what it was cuz it was called like Boot Hill like general store or something like that and I just thought that they took the name yeah from like the the hill that's like just behind the store Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i just kind of like oh cool like let's go in here i will say the shop itself is super creepy half of it is like you can buy like crystals and stuff which you know that's cool to me but the other half is just like a random hodgepodge of like yeah yeah uh, like hiking clothes and then like t-shirts for like the cemetery Uh, but the whole thing is just like very i bet you that's jerky (laughs) Yeah, they, I mean, they had, like, I don't know these, like, I don't know if you know what fit kicks are, but they're, like, water shoes. Yeah, yeah. But they also had, like, like Sherpa on the inside, so they were selling, like, slippers, but they were also selling, like, snacks, and then they were selling minerals, like, crystals and stuff yeah. like that. It was a very, like, hodgepodge kind of
0: right. situation.
1: And I will say, too, not to, like, bash this gift shop, because the woman in there was very nice. Sure. But it was just, like and i I would have bought crystals from her if I had like the time to look, but
0: yeah,
1: it was just really like dark in there, um, even with the lights on. Mm. um you could tell it was a super old building, and they did what they could to like remodel it. But with this area right. being a historic site, yeah, there wasn't much they can do. so right. it's it looks as haunted as it is to to put it bluntly, but the merch like merchandise and stuff at this store will constantly go missing after closing hours. So for a while, they were thinking, like, someone's stealing yeah, someone's from us. Buffing. And then they realized, like, oh, it's probably the fact that, like, we named our store and sell merchandise for Boot Hill, which is right. just, like, haunted as all hell behind us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of stuff apparently goes missing. And like I said, like, the shop itself, the woman is super nice, and they seem relatively successful. And it's just, like, your generic gift shop. But when you walk in, you're like, whoa, this is...
0: Yeah. Not heavy.
1: what yeah. I was expecting in terms of an atmosphere.
0: Sure.
1: Um another notable spirit or probably the most notable spirit I should say is that of Billy Clayton. Um mm-hmm. he's buried up on Boot Hill. I couldn't find much about like his story and I didn't want to get off too much on a tangent here. Mm-hmm. But he supposedly raises from his debt or from his grave every single night and so if you go up there past um like sundown, you're supposed to be able to see his like, silhouettes oh, standing behind his grave. Cool. Which I think is super cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've
1: never been there at night. And apparently you can, like, take a bunch, like, people who take pictures there yeah. have experiences where they'll catch somebody behind them that isn't actually there. Um, I've never had that experience before, but I'll definitely be, like, keeping an eye out for mm-hmm. the next time that mm-hmm. I go. But, mm-hmm. yeah, if you go there after dark, apparently you can see his, like, no. silhouette standing behind his grave. Um, which is also kind of going back to the shadow figures that I mentioned at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. He's probably the one that they're attributing that to, but they believe that to be Billy Clayton because he's standing like right next to his grave or close by kind of pacing. So that's interesting. If you ever want to go there, uh, do let me know because I'd love to see it at night. (laughs) Yes,
0: please. Love to see some pictures.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just feel like I've, I've had experiences where I've seen like shadow figures and stuff like that, but you never know who it is, and with with it being somebody who they're like one hundred percent sure like this is him, yeah, I'd love to go and see that, but um Courtney, we'll see. to me a-
0: saying oh go ahead, yeah, no, I was just gonna say go ahead, public service announcement from haunts and Dairyland frights, don't take a Ouija board up there,
1: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> do not don't do, do that, that. <laughs> just yeah, we had a do you want to tell that story really quick? Do we okay. have a second to kind of segue out of it If you're okay with it, yeah. So,
0: um, one of my employees, uh, when I was a a manager, um, she took some of her friends to a cemetery. They had a Ouija board. Things went crazy. They forgot to close it and say goodbye. And when she asked for my help, I told her what she needed to do. And so when she went back, the, the groundskeeper had ran over it with his lawnmower And it was completely destroyed. In the meantime, they are having these weird, like, dreams and terrible things are, like, happening to them. And they're seeing shadow people. And the the mom of the girl who did this came to my store to ask me what they could do, which I told them, go get a new Ouija board. Go to the cemetery. Mm -hmm. Say goodbye. (laughs) And just end it and then everything went fine after that according to them they did not have any uh, other issues uh, that they brought up <laughs> but the more of the story is don't do that and you don't want shadow people ha- having going around and everything uh haunting you right. um you may think it's cool it's not cool <laughs> uh and remember to no. press goodbye and uh you know yeah no, for sure that that to me it's also it's just freaky so anyway
1: Go ahead. Yeah, especially if you're taking it to such an active cemetery. Mm. Um, I mentioned this to you before we started, and I know I've mentioned it to my listeners in passing. But like cemeteries as like a general rule of thumb usually are the most haunted places because that's where people go to rest. And if they're going to haunt something, it'll be something that's significant dur- to them during life. However, um, this is also a location where people unfortunately were hanged. Correct. So obviously that's a significant moment of your life and it is haunted, like I said, as all hell. So (laughs) I'm I'm assuming taking a Ouija board there would be an invitation for some really nasty experiences. So yeah, don't do that. (laughs) And I mean, mean, and if you do choose to play with a Ouija board, just say goodbye and like know the rules and know what you're doing because all equipment and all spiritual like Tools that you can use to communicate with the other side are going to have the same sort of mm. invitation attached. Correct. So just be—I don't want to say arrogant or like confident in what you're doing, but just know what you're doing before you go into it. Uh-huh. Otherwise, you might be—you know—inviting something into your life that you do not want there. But correct. Thank you for the public service announcement. Yes, I appreciate we did that. our
0: good deed for today, Courtney.
1: We <laughs> did. Now we can talk about some not so. happy stuff stuff. um so due to the like haunted reputation that boot hill has even back then a lot of the loved ones of people who were buried there um decided that they wanted to exhume their loved ones bodies and move them to the other cemetery which is at the bottom of the the same hill so it's not too far away but they just didn't want their family members there with these like really awful people because most of them were like murderers or like even like just like thieves. Yeah. But they just people with these like nefarious um, reputations, they didn't want their like, quote unquote, respectable people like their respectable loved ones to be buried in close quarters. Sadly, this wasn't possible for Martin Lyons because for whatever reason, they had him buried in an unmarked grave. Oh. and his whereabouts in terms of the gravesite are still unknown so like we know he's up there, but we don't know exactly where and like Ugh. what makes me sad about this is you can drive up to it and then it's kind of like a roundabout situation to the five outlaws where their bodies have been for the most part exhumed <sighs> um and like their gravestones are up there so you can drive around just the headstones yeah but like somewhere up there there are still people buried that were because a lot of people were buried in unmarked graves Mm -hmm. i even think at the time those five outlaws were buried in unmarked graves so obviously like you can see why she like why anna was upset that her husband was up there yeah you know what i mean like number one we don't really like it's easy to lose track of where he was yeah especially because she lived for another 30 years after the fact so it's easy to lose track then we're moving graves of other people so who knows if he was, like, taken partially from there, assuming he was part of somebody else's site, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's also a very small, like, very, very small cemetery. Yeah. So I just, I I can see why she was so angry about it. But very she, nice. she I, I guess, decided she wanted to stay in that house until she passed away, which makes sense. She's at least close to her husband there, um, whether... Wherever his body may have ended up after the fact, we don't know, but at least I think in her heart of hearts, she knew like this is where he was most in his life and this is where I can be close to him in his death. So she stayed there for the remainder of her life until she passed away in 1896. Mm -hmm. So like I said, another like 30 years after this fact, she kind of muddled through. I want to say that she was like working as like kind of like a housemaid for another family in town. Um, and that's kind of how she made her keep because obviously her husband, who was providing for her, yeah, was no longer there, did and then any money remarried? that he did had was
0: she ever get remarried?
1: No, no, wow. Mm-mm. Her okay. sons grew up like obviously there was the, I want to say it was George was the older one. Uh-huh. He was already you know twenty one years old, but the other one. Was a great deal younger, but they both ended up getting married and actually leaving Montana, and she was utterly alone for the rest of her life. Oh, I mean, no. she had her like community around her. Yeah, I know, I know, but she remained there for for you know, like I said, mm. another three decades, and <laughs> her kids didn't
0: stay. See you, Which Was just so sad. Where are you guys going? What? I lost my husband, and I don't know where he is. I uh, know. See you, mom.
1: What? Like I'm actually married now, so I'm leaving. But <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. I'm I'm, not... Yeah, see ya. <laughs> yeah. I've got stuff to do in California. Yeah, um which I think they that's where they ended up going. Um I wanna say that the book said they went like further west. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there isn't sure. much more west than California,
0: California but yeah.
1: good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So don't quote me on that, but that was my understanding is that they went sure. westward even further in search of their own like oh, destiny. With their families. Yeah. But she remained, um, passed away in 1896. And then things were kind of uneventful for the next few years Mm. until another family moved in Mm. and another tragedy occurred. So, and this is where kind of the more ghost, in my opinion, this is where the ghosts kind of come in. But it was 1905, so... Actually, a decent amount of time, like 10 years later, mm, okay. when Amanda Fra- Amanda, and Frank McKean moved into what is now known as the Anna Lyons House. So you can look all of this, like, up online, um, but it's under the Anna Lyons House. And I will say it's this very, like, you wouldn't think that it was haunted by looking at it. Sure. You really wouldn't. like. Oh. okay. But it has such a tragic history. And as we we're about to see, history kind of repeats itself here. So... Frank, like Martin, was very successful, um, especially in the town of Virginia City. By the time that they moved in, he had taken over the town's prized Fairweather Inn, and that was like in the 1890s um, when he took that over. So with the money that he made from that, he was able to buy this property, and he and his wife moved in there. Okay. Um, they actually also opened up a bar that was in the Fairweather Inn itself, and I think that's where he made the majority of his like money. But with the prohibition, he obviously that was shut down and then I think that was in 1819 or yeah. 1918. Yeah. Yeah, 1918. Okay. And he like they shut him down in 1918. He passed away a year later and Amanda was kind of left in a similar position as Anna had been. She had no way of providing herself a, like I guess she could have like worked but at the time that wasn't obviously the norm for yeah. for young women. Right. Um so she, unfortunately, took a different route. Um, and this is, I, I will say, this is where things get, like, really kind of graphic. And I do apologize. But I think me explaining it in this way shows sure. you exactly what we're dealing with in terms of a spirit. So I'm going to to share this. Um, she took matters into her own hands. And the following is an excerpt from an article that was published in the Madisonian. So, like, this took place in Madison County. Okay. Um, this was published on March 30th, 1923. So. <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> Quote. Neighbors were shocked Wednesday morning upon discovering Mrs. Anna McKean or Amanda McKean. Sorry. Let me start that over. <laughs> Take two. Quote. Neighbors were shocked Wednesday morning upon discovering Mrs. Amanda McKean, who had committed suicide by shooting. Oh. It was evident that she had been. I know. It was evident that she had been. An unsound mental condition for some time. So this, like I said, it happened like several years past. So like 1923, and he passed away in 1918. So she had been, for that whole period, just not very well in terms of her mental health, which is really sad. Mm -hmm. So on Tuesday, she went to Butte, supposedly for the sole purpose of purchasing a revolver. Returning Wednesday morning, she went immediately to her home entered the bathroom, placed the muzzle of the gun in her mouth, and forced a shot upward into her brain. So, that was a quote, like I said, from the Madisonian. Um, And I do apologize if that was, like, a little, you know, brought us to a really sad place. But like I said, I think that kind of goes to show just what, like, the kind of heartbreak that this spirit has. So, over a century... After this tragedy takes place, a woman by the name of Lucille moves into the Anna Lyons house. She Mm -hmm. purchased it, um, and she had some fairly, let's say, um, wild complaints about the house's bathroom. (laughs) Um, I couldn't tell. I heard different reports of it being on the first floor and on the second floor. Um, So I'm not entirely sure. To me, this looks like a one-story house, so I'm sure it's probably just on the main level. But... Either way, she would complain to her neighbors, kind of about the situation going on in her bathroom. Mm. Um, apparently, on the regular occasion, she would see the apparition of a woman oh. um, who is just like covered in blood from head to toe. Oh, um, it would. I know. That's why I wanted to read you that. Like, I know it's like a really <laughs> dark place to take this, but like, it like this spirit has to be Amanda. Yeah, just right, based right, off right. of the description of what Lucille was saying, because she was covered from like from it from blood or with blood from head to toe, and then she would like appear for a couple of seconds, and then right in front of Lucille's eyes, she would disappear. Oh no! And That's she, worst. this woman's like freaking out for obvious That's reasons, because like even seeing a spirit in general is like kind of jarring, especially if you're not used to it. Yeah.
0: You know, you're brushing and your then, teeth, right? You're brushing your teeth. You're getting ready for the morning. You're doing your hair. Yeah. And it's like, blah!
1: <laughs> I know. And, like, can you imagine if you're, like, sitting, like, in your, like, in your bathroom, like you said, brushing your teeth, and you're looking in the mirror, and then this woman, like, just flashes behind you covered in blood. Like, oh, my God. I would oh. freak out. I mean... oh. And it, when I was reading this yesterday, because I did, I read, was reading this, um... Yesterday and, like, doing, like, my research and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was just thinking about my bathroom, which, like, I just hated in there for some reason. Like, hmm. I, and we have one of those, like, open and closed kind of um, medicine cabinets. Oh, sure. And so I'm always terrified, like, when I open it, because that's where I keep, like, my toothbrush and toothpaste and stuff. I'm always worried that I'm going to see someone jump behind scare. me when I close the door.
0: Yeah, it's a jump You know what scare. I mean? Yeah, it's a jump scare. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it reminded me of the Shining. Oh right. <laughs> like this whole because I mean, obviously that woman wasn't like covered in blood in the in the no, books no. or anything like that. But like eh,
0: when oh, I was no. reading it, I'm like,
1: ooh, like that oh, freaks that. me out. Cause it's and the title of this story in this like book that I have, which I will also try to link in the show notes. I don't know if it's anywhere online because I bought this in like a little shop in, oh. in Virginia City. But yeah, sure. um this is titled The Body in the Bathtub. <laughs> Which the title really intrigued me, um, yeah, <laughs> I, didn't I realize love that. what I was getting myself into. <laughs> I love that, but yeah, I mean I, I thought it was, I don't know, because we talked about it the night before of like, let's like surprise each other with our stories, yeah, so I went there with the sole intention of finding a book and finding a um, I love it. like a story that was local because I'm like, I have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to tell people about this place because I feel like it's lesser known than it's oh, um right cousin, I, yeah, um obviously. So, like I said, she would kind of start to, Lucille, she would tell her neighbors and members of the community, like, what she was experiencing, because she lived there alone. um, And she was obviously super freaked out, as any of us would be, with, like, the woman appearing in the mirror or in front of her, like, while she's, like, bathing or something. Like, I would freak out. Yeah. So, yeah. She looked to her community for comfort, and um, sadly, which I thought was, like, super messed up, um a lot of the people in the town at the time didn't believe her. Hmm. And they started calling her, quote, loose wheel <laughs> instead of Lucille, which I was like, that is so mean. I mean, I heard, like, based off of this book, it seems that they still, like, had a very, like, fond um, kind of perspective when it came to Lucille. But yeah, they thought she was a little bit out there oh, because no. of what she was complaining about. Yeah, it's a different time, and I mean, I think that she was um a little bit older in years, so oh, maybe they sure. thought like you know, there was some like correct, yeah, deterioration like sadly. And they, I mean, they humored thought. her, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and they and I think they humored her, but no one really took her seriously. Yeah. And behind her back, <laughs> they would call her loose wheel, which is mean, but oh no, that all changed all when right. um. Yeah. When a man named Tim Gordon bought the property from Lucille as she got a little bit older and he moves in and shortly after he starts having a similar experience. He'd go into the bathroom. He'd be, you know, going about whatever he needs to do, brushing his teeth, uh getting ready for the day, washing his face. And this woman covered in blood from head to toe would appear in front of him. He'd like see her and then she would just disappear right in front of his eyes. And that in that moment, he's like, Okay, so she was telling the truth. There is something here. Yeah. Right. And at the time, because for th- this happened in, like, I want to say, for Lucille, she moved in in the 40s and, like, grew older there. And then Tim bought this property from her in the 1980s. So by then, with record keeping, there isn't a lot going on <laughs> in terms of, like, what what happened to the house's history. So no one knew about the two tragedies that happened during the 1860s and early 1900s. So he starts digging through the records of this property, yeah. finds Amanda's story and finds Anna's story. And he's uh-huh. like, so this is obviously the spirits, obviously one of these two women, most likely Amanda based off of the description. Um, so that being said, like, Amanda, as tragic as her story was, and even Anna's, but Amanda, let's just say, isn't alone in her afterlife. Like, she's the only spirit, I believe, that's at the Anna Lyons house. I don't think Anna's also there. Hmm. Or at least I couldn't find any record of Anna's spirit being there. But Amanda, like I said, she and her husband owned the Fairweather Inn that was down in town. And again, this wasn't very far away from, like, the house on Cover Street. So... There are spirits there, and I believe I, I have no like evidence of this, just from my own like oh. understanding. I think that she goes back and forth. Oh um, wow! So I'm going to tell you. Teleportation. Yeah, I think she kind of comes there, and then also goes to the Fairweather Inn because there are spirits there that kind of remind me of her. Um, so to end this, I kind of want to tell you about the activity that occurs there. So and it's not just her there's like a lot of a lot of ghosts in mm-hmm. the fairweather inn the first being the spirits of children um that like to play specifically on like the first floor with like the guests like when they're checking in their children so yeah. if they see kids coming in with their parents to check in to the the inn they'll go to the like lobby level and play with them while they're checking in and the parents will turn around and see that their kid is talking to thin air yeah, right. um which is terrifying to me that is terrible. i hate i hate i don't know about you but like i hate ghost kids i something oh, about them freaks me out that's hilarious um, and like i don't i know i've said this a lot like in terms of this creeps me out this that creeps me out but like not a lot like truly scares me in terms of the spirit world but so courtney this is this
0: is hilarious because if I ever had a ghost child, because I don't know if you've heard stories where uh, people hear like a ball bouncing against the wall, mm-hmm. and it's like a little kid who died whenever, and now he bounces his ball against the wall. I don't know if you ever hear stories like that. So you're trying to sleep and you hear, badoom, yeah. badoom, badoom. and look at, So what's hilarious about me, which I want this to happen someday. I, so I'm a dad. I have two kids. I would love to be just scream, hey, you stupid kid, stop bouncing the ball. <laughs> That's yeah. the kind of dad I am. <laughs> That's the kind of like I wouldn't yeah. be I I wouldn't be scared of the child. I'd be like, will you shut up? <laughs> and, yeah. Just be like
1: a parent to yeah, him. I'd exactly as
0: well. be like a dad. Like when my kids were little, when they would like be up and they'd be like, in the other room, playing with Legos or something. Mm-hmm. I'd always be, yo, shut up. I'm trying to sleep. That's Yeah. The, uh, that would my, dads would
1: always, <laughs> my dad would always tell me when I was a kid, like playing upstairs, like if I had like, you know, a friend stay over or something like that, he would always call me and tell me that I sounded like a herd of elephants. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so dads are- So exactly that. Yeah. Like quiet down. Right. So I should <laughs> yeah. be terrified,
0: right. Courtney. I should be absolutely terrified. There's a ghost kid, right? But I just go into Dad mode to be like, "Well, you shut up, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I mean, especially if it's like something that's in your in your everyday mm-hmm. like routine, like I have right. a friend, um the same friend that I was telling you about earlier who had yo, a weird right. poltergeist yeah, yeah, issue when she yeah. was a kid. yeah, her aunt lives in like the butt crack of Louisiana yeah. just outside of New orleans, and she she plays that. parent to a ghost child that is oh, at like her no. Yeah, and this kid, he'll, like, take, um, like, toys off of the shelf, and Mm -hmm. she'll come in in the morning and see that he has taken his toys out. She's purchased them just for him. Um, And I I, I mean, that's a way to approach it, for sure. But something about, like, in terms of just, like, treating them like you are their parent, you know what I mean? Kind of like with you saying, like, quiet down, like, I'm trying to sleep. Whereas with me, I'm like, oh, God, I'm terrified. (laughs) not mainly just because i've i've come across so many stories of people saying that like there is a spirit here that yeah. pretends to be a kid that it's actually a, a demon, demon and yep. i i just can't trust them yeah, if i know exactly. for sure it's a kid I'm like sure go off go play yeah but maybe not if i don't know right
0: yeah if it's who a you cute are. little girl and she's saying hi courtney would you like to play with me probably demon so just there you go
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> The way that you're saying, like describing it, I just picture the Sally House, Sally um, which House. is another Midwest story. But, yes. I've
0: got to cover that. Have
1: you ever time. been there?
0: Um, no. Um, funny thing about it is they they know. So if you go online and look at it and nothing against the Sally House because they got to make their money. Mm-hmm. Right. It can be anywhere from 500 to $1,500 a night.
1: Mm. So I'm yeah. like, I can. And get it's a, definitely like. Yeah. It's it's so expensive. I so I live obviously up here in Montana, right. but I'm from Georgia, like I said. Um, and we drive back and forth. We go sometimes, depending on the route that Maps is saying is the best option. We'll go right through Atchison, Kansas. So I've driven by there so many right. times, but like you said, it's so hard to get it like to get an investigation there. Correct. Which is why I've don't. Yeah, too investigate as much as I'd like to and kind of do more of like the paranormal research. Yeah. Simply because that hobby is so expensive. Very it's expensive. so
0: expensive. <laughs> and, and frankly you would need but, a group. For, so frankly it would be like you got to get like, you know, um maybe two or three, four people, like one's over here, one's over there and you know what I'm saying? You can, doing it by mm-hmm. yourself would be uh, I don't know. Boring and be really difficult because you know you'd be running around yeah. if you hear a noise, right? You heard a noise upstairs, you're running upstairs. You hear a noise downstairs, you're running downstairs. I mean, it's exhausting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you also, you really, it's a workout. Yeah. Like to run like up and down and all yeah, around the like, house. And If ghost. you're doing it by yourself too, <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, well, it's going to do that. It's going to like it is it's almost make fun, especially if it you. is a negative entity, mm. which I personally believe it is uh um,
0: absolutely I agree. it's going
1: to like make you run all around the house it's oh, not going to yeah. just have activity in the room that you're in out of convenience it's yeah. not going to do that
0: oh no it's yeah it's gonna mess with you
1: yeah absolutely right so sorry we keep going on tangents and i'm i'm really They're happy fun. about that but i They're promise i'm here. almost done <laughs> so a hotel staff will also complain of like feelings of uneasiness mm. down in the basement um, right, right, near right. the laundry room, which I found hmm. very intriguing because they say obviously running water gives them energy. Oh um, right, and I'm right, assuming right. there's running water down there.
0: Yeah,
1: with all of like the pipes and everything going to yeah. the like the laundry room. So, uh-huh. I I mean I believe them when they say that that it's probably a very active area. But they they specifically say. When they're down there doing laundry, getting sheets for you know guest rooms and stuff like that, they're just always like on edge mm. um which I couldn't find any sort of like concrete like we see this, we hear this blah blah sure. blah, they're just constantly like at a higher level of anxiety um and then there's the most haunted room, mm. which is room number ten, and apparently guests will just like run out in the middle of the night with no. You know, they'll, I guess, in check out my phone, yeah, but I they'll, guess. like, dip. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're, like, I just based off of the activity in there, uh-huh. um, which apparently it's doors and drawers and just, like, furniture kind of moving or shutting on its own. So. Um, and then the thing that I'm sure gets a lot of people, like, moving is disembodied, whisp- like, whispering Ooh. from around the room. Yeah, that's... So can you imagine, like, just in the dark, you're sleeping. It's, like, an old... But it's, like, a very cute bed and breakfast, I will say that. Um, but it's, like, yeah, I posted pictures of it on Instagram if anyone's interested in going to nice. see it. But it's, like, it's a really just cute – it looks like a house. Um, but it's got, like, a porch with those, like, big columns in the front. And oh, it, I right. mean, you can tell, like, when you're looking at it, you're, like, this is haunted for sure. But haunted. it's, like, really pretty. So it's like you're in your room and it's like one of like the nicer like suites and you're getting into bed. It's dark. Um, The town is super quiet. Oh, right. And you just hear like, hey. you know what I mean? Like oh. you're like, I would.
0: <laughs> Chills.
1: I would jump out of my skin and then I'd probably investigate knowing me. But like right. most people would probably run for the hills. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah. And then they'll check out like by phone. Like they don't want to have anything to do with the fair weather in after this activity starts happening overnight while they're trying to sleep. Yeah. Um, And then on top of that, and this is kind of where I feel like our spirit of Amanda comes back, hmm. guests will often report seeing a woman in, like, period clothing sacheting down the hallways. Of so, like, they'll see, like, hear her dress and, like, footsteps, and then they'll, like, look out of their room, and they'll see this, like, beautiful woman walking down the hallway Mm -hmm. and then kind of just evaporating as Mm. she gets to the end of the hall. So to me, that makes sense for her. She's not covered in blood, blood. okay? but I'm wondering if like that is like the same spirit. Again, I I have no evidence of this. It was just my own theory. Yeah, that's interesting. But either way, she does have a connection to this hotel because she owned it with her husband for like maybe 20 years. Oh, Sure. Um, and they are the ones who made it what it is today. Yeah. Um, and just in case you're wondering, the bar is open again, and if you want to go and stay there, it's um, it's pretty easy to get a room. I think you yeah. can just like literally like show up and check in. Um, but so you don't check yeah, out. I'll have links to that in the show notes. Do what
0: I said, but you don't check out. <laughs> just kidding.
1: Yeah, for real, it's the Hotel California, actually. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's out there California, um, but
1: yeah. So, so really quickly, so-
0: Courtney. Um, for our guests, I don't know if you ever explained this. I explained this to um, on Dairyland Frights. There's two different types of hauntings. There's an intelligent haunting, mm-hmm. which involves like movement, maybe someone speaking to you, maybe uh, writing even. And then there's residual haunting where it's this. It's like mm-hmm. a movie. Like it's like you put it on every night. It's playing over and over Over and again. over and over and over. It's the same mm-hmm. thing over and over Uh, I'm sure our your uh, fans and supporters are super smart and know this, but I always remind people of that because Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a huge difference and being that this ghost, uh, Amanda can uh, teleport kind of, you know, being at her uh, hotel, then maybe being at Mm -hmm. her house, maybe being other places. And that's, that's an unusual one because that kind of fits in a different category I'm not sure what that category is, but it's kind of a combination of intelligent uh, versus residual. Um, yeah, so it's that it's interesting. And personally, yeah, I have to ask and I'm you- glad you
1: brought that up yeah, too. Go oh, go ahead.
0: No, no, no. I was going to say, okay, Courtney, be honest with me. Intelligent haunting? Would uh-huh. you rather have or residual haunting? Which one would you prefer?
1: Um. Hmm. I feel like intelligent, even though that can open, that can be obviously a little bit more dangerous, but if it's, if there's something there, like in my house, I would prefer to be able to kind of communicate with it and maybe help it pass on
0: Mm -hmm.
1: versus just watching somebody go through their day-to-day routine. And I'm glad you brought that up. I don't think I've ever, I'm, I'm sure most people have, like if they're listening to this sort of content, they know. But I don't think I've ever explained that on the podcast before. The differences between these types of spirits, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I feel like I would rather it be intelligent. That might be an unpopular opinion, but <laughs>
0: that's no. I love that. I, I actually agree with you yeah. because residual haunting. God, that would be so boring, right? Let's say uh, I've heard stories <laughs> yeah. where, like, um, people like there was like a little girl. I heard this ghost story where she sets the table at six o'clock every day so these people would tell you know say like okay you know when they were selling their house um and I, I think it was in iowa and they were selling their house and then at six o'clock while they were talking to the potential buyers they heard like you know the cabinets opening and you know somebody's setting the table right mm. the plates and the people were like who were buying the house go oh so do you have kids and they were like sort of the owners were like sort of and they were like Sort of. Oh. <laughs> what the hell do you mean by that, right? What and, does that mean? Yeah. So supposedly the prospective buyers went out into the kitchen. Those, and because the owner said, "Well, we'll show you," because it's going to come. And they showed them, and they could see the plates like moving through the air, <sighs> landing on the table. The fork moving through the air, landing on the table. The glasses
1: moving. No way.
0: Yes, and they. This is you know. I would store. buy that
1: house so quick. <laughs> oh,
0: so would I. I hate. <laughs> I'd be for so dinner. excited.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm like great. Like we got these. Like they're Dinner's doing right. their chores. <laughs> That's awesome. I I don't. I mean, and it was every time. Like, like six o'clock at the same time. Bam, the bam, bam,
0: bam, right on the nose every day. How many?
1: I wonder how many, like place settings they um according like to, set out.
0: Was it enough for everybody? Yes, according to the owners, uh, I think it was four or six. But it was always an even number. Oh, nice. It was always an even number. So
1: that's awesome. Because then, oh, yeah, I would buy it so fast. One less chore that I have to do. It'd be cool if they would also like take them and then like wash the I, dishes. You did not say that. That's no. my least favorite part of dinner.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Put it in the dishwasher, ghost. Come yeah. on. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's still really cool, though. I mean, again, that might be an unpopular opinion, but it sounds just like, and this obviously is a residual haunting, but like, it just sounds like you have like a little friend helping you at dinner time, Absolutely. and you can always use another pair of hands in the kitchen. Yeah, so, yeah. So that one isn't,
0: that one isn't too bad, but like after a while, if someone's, like I said, bouncing a ball, like at one o'clock mm-hmm. every morning, you got to go to work the next morning. You're like, will you shut up? <laughs> you know, that's where you're like, yeah. come on. <laughs> you know, I don't like that. That's where it's like, one. this
1: is. Yeah. And I feel like um, it's like that, or if they're... Because like you said, it sounds like Amanda, at least at the Anna Lyons house, um, is residual. And yeah, and like, like I said, this other spirit could just be a completely different spirit. Um, but in my mind, having a residual haunting that appears to you like that, or let's say something that like stands at the foot of your bed every night Uh-oh. from like... Two to three a.m. Yeah, that would like just mm-hmm. that in and of itself is very eerie. Yeah. Um, so like yeah, if it's just taking plates out and yeah. putting it on the table, right. that's way better than like some like an annoying inconvenience right. of like a noise at an like you know yeah. early hours the door, of the morning or something. Right. Yeah. Or like walking you out. <laughs> I've experienced that before where something will like lock me out of my house and I'm like, great, thank you. <laughs>
0: oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. Cool. Well, it's not cool, but it's mm-hmm. that sounds cool to me. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever is here, I, I, so at the time of recording this, I have an episode going live tonight where I kind of talk more about my personal experiences oh, nice. with um, another friend, like podcast friend of mine. Nice. Um, but and for those of you who are listening now you can it's the episode that go- went live on um Monday 626 or the 25th depending on where you are in the mm-hmm. world but um yeah so so there's something here we don't really know where it came from but on a few occasions it's locked like myself or my husband out Ooh. um and I, and then we have to like climb through the window or something like that, check that out. um to get back inside usually it only happens like Huh. Like I had it happen to me one time where um because I work remotely, so I went outside to get on a meeting so that my dog wasn't like freaking out um in in the background of this because it was kind of like an important call. Yeah. Um and then I go to go back inside and my door's locked. Huh. And I'm like, Good, no one's home. Right. So I ended up Thanks having to like Yeah. I ended up having to put like everything back in my car, like my like you know computer and stuff like that back in the car because that's where i took the call and then i climbed through into our um laundry room window because it opens um there's no like screen there and it opens yeah. like for like i can push it open from the outside yeah so i end up climbing in through that and then unlocked the door and went and got my stuff came back and thankfully it didn't happen again but yeah. i was just like seriously like yeah the dog is in the kennel the other dog is at like she may have been at work, but she also may have been home. But either way, yeah. I know that she doesn't like jump up to like lock sure. it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
0: Wow! Bonus ghost story. That's for you. cool. I will check that out. I love stuff like that. Well, I don't love it for you, Courtney. I'm. I, it sounds like I'm being mean. Yeah, here, but, but- I, I'm. I, I think that's really cool because yeah, you know, I've read a lot of stories like that where people get like locked out of their house and they're like, "Oh, come on, mm-hmm. you know." It's, it's just a minor Yeah, I mean annoyance. like that's
1: just like a Yeah, a minor inconvenience yeah. and it, it I'm not I mean I wish it wouldn't do that I I, I have to say that but uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not mad that oh. you know I have the story to share with you by any means no. and I don't I mean if anyone's going to have a haunted house it may as well be someone who's interested Interest paranormal. in paranormal. Right. Um yeah. Uh and I don't know how I mean, when we bought it, it wasn't made apparent to us, but, like, the more that I live here and go about my day-to-day routine, I'm like, there's certainly something here that mm-hmm. is hanging out in the background, um, and that's fine, unless it's, like, evil.
0: Yeah, you're not feeling, like, dread, you're not feeling, like, uneasiness?
1: Um, there's, there's stuff that happens here that I don't necessarily like, but I don't, I don't want to say that it's, like, okay. genuinely, like, evil, at least not Right now, but I I haven't really investigated it much. And I don't know if I'm comfortable doing that. So the jury's still out there.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. Stay tuned. I'm excited.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Stay tuned. I'll keep you guys in the loop for sure. Please. please. (laughs) Well, I guess that was all of my story. Nice. Um, I love it. So.
0: I love it. Unless you have
1: anything to add, I'd say we hop into your your show. And like I said, listeners, you can catch another conversation that we have over on John's podcast, Dairyland Frights, which will be in the show notes. And it's already live by the time that you're listening to this. So definitely go check it out.
0: Thank you, Courtney. I love that story because yeah. it's super interesting to me when you when you're not covering the big boys you know what i mean like amityville mm-hmm. you know i know we've covered that or i will cover which it we up. do
1: from time to time right, for right. sure but.
0: but sometimes it's nice to go off the beaten pa- paranormal path as they say right and, and share something right. that's pretty cool so i love you i love well, your show you. please check courtney all her out instagram where else are where can we find you
1: I'm on, so yeah, Instagram at hauntscast. I just started a Twitter if you guys want to check it out. That's also at hauntscast. Um, And then obviously my website is hauntscast.com. And that's where you can find the show notes for today's episode. If you're like, where is that? How do I find John? How do I find the book you're talking about or like your information about the story itself? All of that will be included in the show notes at hauntscast.com. So that's probably the best way to stay up to date on what's going on with the show. And then before we end this, will you remind the listeners where we can find you? Yeah, so
0: again, you can find us at Dairyland Frights uh, on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. And then also we are on Dairyland Frights, podbean.com. So those are, oh, I'm sorry. We're also on YouTube. I always forget because YouTube has been doing these <laughs> podcasting things and it's kind of messed up, but we're also on YouTube. So, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, podbean.com, Dairyland Fry. So awesome. Awesome. So, do we want to Well, thanks get... so much. And yeah, thank you. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I said thank you. I was just about to say that. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Yeah. I love it.
1: I had so much fun and hopefully we can do it again in the future. Yes. But for now, Go and check out our episode over on Dairyland Frights. And thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you, everyone.